Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole worlds. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. This podcast is sponsored by the University of Northampton, the first UK university to be awarded the Ashoka U Changemaker Campus status, in recognition of their commitment to social entrepreneurship. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Sup, Powerful Nonsenses? Hello. Mate, we're chill today. We are proper relaxed. We are chill. This is this is ex- uh, this is an exciting day. It is a very exciting day. We have we have moved powerful nonsense HQ. It is now my gap. <laughs> <laughs> we're now in Chateau Gem. Yes, Ooh. Chateau Gem. It is in your brand spanking new which apartment, prob- which probably means people are going to hear us like creaking on the sofa. But it's That's a lot right. more relaxed. What are you feeling about this? Uh, I like it, man. I mean, I'm off your bed now because I used to just sit on your bed. Which Mate, I loved it when you were on my bed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, so this is really exciting. Actually, let's before we go into the main thing of the episode, let's talk about this because this is for someone of how old are you now? Twenty-eight. Uh, oh damn, so close. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, so for somebody in their twenties to now own their own home, I'm an I'm a, an anomaly. You are an anomaly. How does but it feel? It's good, but there was a little bit of financial help from parents, so I'm not gonna take the full. Credit. Okay, no, that's fair. That's fair, and 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 rightly so, I think. <laughs> Just gonna clear that so. up. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, how? Like, I don't want to talk like details because that's your personal stuff. But like, how significant of of a financial help? Or versus how much was no a lot, of it was, a lot of it was my own saved money as well yeah. so enough to be proud of it yeah I think you should be proud <laughs> you've done a good job we're yes. sitting in a newly refurbed living room mm-hmm. and it's looking sweet man I gave you the tour you better yeah, look I got around. the full the full tour mm-hmm uh, I'm, Tickets I'm, available at Powerful Nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm impressed, man. I'm impressed. It's a good spot. It is a good spot. You've done well. So we're now, we're now, we're now in uh, Powerful Nonsense Campus Two. Yes, a bit like Apple Campus Two, which is now Apple Park. So this is Powerful Nonsense Park, and we're just s- sitting back on a sofa. Yeah, just chilling. chilling. Out. I don't know if this is going to be the permanent setup, but I'm liking it. I'm liking it. <laughs> I'm liking it. Anyway. Shall we intro ourselves? Oh, yes. Let's intro People ourselves. People are thinking, look, intro, I've come intro. to talk to the, to listen to these guys and they're talking about homes and all yeah, this Yeah, nah. And then we're not, a, we're not a real estate podcast at all. Not yet. Um, but for those joining us for the first time, I am Wayne Ingram. And I am Jem Yildiz. And welcome to Powerful Nonsense. Yes. Boom. There we go. Um, we've been doing this podcasting thing for a long time as well, man. I know. We're, we've just broke into Veterans. year three. Yeah. To be honest, Art of Charm have been going 10 years. That's true. So in that scale, that we are true. So we've still got newbies. some catching up to do. But I feel like 
because I was listening to some old stuff. I feel like we're doing, we've kind of, we've, we've gone the far. Slowly. We hope after three years that the, uh, yeah, the I feel like, I feel slightly. like the quality of our communication to the listeners, you guys out there with Hello. us in your ear holes. Um, I think we're just better communicators now. It's done wonders for that. I love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> I'm joking. Occupational hazard, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so today we're going to do an episode kind of about kind of about money. It's not really about money, but it's kind of about Ooh, money. Yeah. We haven't really done a money episode in a long time. Mm-hmm. A long time. Um, but this is kind of like sort of six things that we think that you can do to maybe improve your financial situation. But this is not like financial advice. We're not financial advisors on any level. This is just kind of things around. It's more to do with like the relationship you have with money as opposed mm-hmm. to actually, if you behaviors. put 10% of your earnings yeah. in this certain type of bank account, you'll be a millionaire. It's not that sort of shit. Yeah. So just we, clarify we, we don't know what to call the title either, do we? You know, we've been we're trying to figure something been, out. Because we don't want something clickbaity, you know? Yeah. How to make a million pound in, in 10 weeks. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, although that would be nice, but that's not really, it's not really us no. um, these days. Um, so, so let's bring it down. So we've got six different things. Mm-hmm. So we'll do three in the first half, three in the second half. Yeah. We've got a little sponsor ad break in the middle. Um, so the first one. It's kind of obvious, but is to focus on earning. Yeah, see, with this one, I think a lot of people, it's the whole reason behind the whole job hopping culture I think millennials have at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think, obviously, people see the easiest way to kind of up your paycheck is to kind of get a new job, get a promotion. But actually, I think it's, it's a little bit twisted the wrong way. I think that actually it's probably one of the slowest methods to increase your earnings because actually I think that, I think people... I mean, first of all, you're job hopping, so you're kind of not really getting into a stride of getting good at something like to a deep mm. level, which I think is really important. But at the same time, I think that we've always spoke about entrepreneurship being more of a way to increase your earnings. Whereas if you look at statistics on actually how much pays have risen or actually haven't risen in many yeah. years, obviously the job market is super competitive now. Yeah. So um, a lot of companies are thinking, to be honest, if if we only want to pay someone 25k a year, and someone says, no, I want 30 as a job hop, then they'll be like, you know what, I know there's someone else who's going to fill mm-hmm. those boots. So I think actually nowadays that kind of whole idea of, you know what, I'll just get a promotion or I'll jump to another job. I think a lot of a lot of incomes are kind of sitting around 30K at the moment. I think in London especially. Well, that's it. It's not necessarily now about, and I think this is kind of the point that we're making, is it's not necessarily about having a career so much as it is utilizing the skills and the value that you provide in order to get the best return on your Mm -hmm. value really. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, that's certainly what I've done, um, in my day job. Um, you know, I started off working behind a bar, went shifted over to reception work and then went from reception work to being a PA now. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I'd stayed where I was before, I'd be earning just over minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And now I'm earning quite significantly above minimum wage in terms of wages and things like that. Um, and it's to the point where it was, I couldn't turn down the offer because it was just such a significant jump. So it's about taking the the skills that you've got. And of course, you know, that's no not necessarily really different to how it's always been. But I think the mindset of just being willing to go, do you know what? I'm going to go elsewhere because 
if I if if money is that important and I do want to increase my uh, value financially, then sticking around in the same place is only going to limit how much I can earn. Another point on this one, which is kind of probably a bit obvious, but maybe not thought about, is actually the idea of actually focusing on a number. I think a lot of the time people mm-hmm. say, I've never got enough money, but then they don't look at, well, actually, my how much income am I earning? So I think uh, a lot of people, like I've had friends who've come to me and said, look, I've been really wanting a pay rise, and it takes so long before they realize they're not getting paid enough or their value. Yeah, And so actually just focusing on the fact that make it a priority that you are focusing on increasing your earnings mm-hmm. as well. And yeah. like then you can kind of go into tactics, which we're going to talk about some of the points a little further down, so I'm not going to mm-hmm. go into those. Yeah, but I, I think I should also say as well, like we're saying all this stuff, but I think this is definitely coming from experience from us. Yeah. Um, this, like, since I've moved to London, I've more than doubled my income. Um, and I'm not doing anything particularly outlandish and I'm not even necessarily doing amazing... I don't even have an amazingly well-paid job necessarily in the grand scheme of things, certainly for a Londoner. But, like, I'm also juggling the whole acting career thing and and, and that as well, which also has limitations. But at the end of the day, we've both dramatically increased our income mm-hmm. um, in the five years that or six years that since uni and i think once you know the tactics as well that each year gets quicker and faster as well because you know the habits as again we're going to go through a few of them here um so yeah so really just just focus on the earning aspect focus on what your overall salary is going to be at the end of the year and just just kind of be aware of your figures really Mm -hmm. in many ways just be aware of how much you've got coming in on a regular basis um okay so this is this next one is one that we've talked about a lot throughout the entirety of the podcast from day one, mm-hmm. um, and this is like one of the one of the big kind of our entire philosophy on career and job and all that sort of stuff. Kind of um, this is one of the the key key ones, which is to develop multiple streams of income. Mm-hmm. We have talked like since the dawn of time it feels like about the importance of having multiple streams of income mm -hmm. i think as well a lot of the business books talk about that if you look at any of the kind of big selling hits um books out there Mm. they always talk about the idea of streams of income and i think the the whole philosophy behind that is just it's just so much safer it's not putting all your eggs into one basket i can give you a great example of my own situation recently like obviously with my um food business in shoreditch closing down that was a big part of that was a big stream of income for me but and I just got a mortgage as well, so I was thinking, oh god, like what if I totally put all my eggs in one basket and went mm-hmm. all in on that and given up all my freelance work, given up other and and ventures. for the record, just for those that don't know the story, the closing down of your shortage business had nothing to do with business mismanagement on your part, nothing to do with the business doing badly. Essentially, the premises that you were renting were sold yeah exactly so it's totally uncontrollable by me obviously you can say well contracts and stuff in place but anyway but based on that is that idea that actually when you have multiple streams of income you're less sort of threatened by changes so if one closes you've still got another one available Mm -hmm. whereas maybe a lot of you guys out there or girls who are listening you might just be having one source of income which is your salary on a monthly basis and if your boss decides or what if somebody again that circumstance pops up where that business closes there's your salary gone so we're always about how do you kind of create these multiple streams of income and a lot of the time it might not have to be something big maybe it's something that just covers your basics we've talked about minimal minimal viable living so you might only need a thousand pound a month to survive well the best thing you can do is find what's the 
quickest and most fun and enjoyable way that you could earn that extra thousand pound a month mm-hmm. and then your salary is actually like the extra the money that you might use to, re- to reinvest yeah. in yourself and stuff like that so yeah. i just think safety wise it makes sense to have multiple streams of income it makes sense to if you're working nine to five what if you decide to do part-time at two separate jobs one that pays you a certain amount and the other one then you've got two jobs you do but that's a lot safer than just having one source mm-hmm. of income so I think you really got to look into that. Yeah, and I think you know we've again we've talked about talked endlessly, particularly when we first started the podcast about how you know society's. I mean, it's starting to change now, but society's still talking about. I actually saw some something posted on um, social media the other day. It was a, it was a political post, uh, mm-hmm. but I won't I won't go into the details of that. But they were basically condemning the gig economy, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What are you talking about?" The gig economy is the best possible option, but it's like almost like society doesn't want to consider the fact that necessarily the multiple streams of income, because it goes back to what we've talked about before about wanting obedient workers and this, that, the other. And the thing is, and this is something I learned when I started having multiple streams of income as well. Suddenly your employer does not have as much leverage and control over you because you just kind of go, well, I don't need to be here anymore. Mm. So it gives you, even if it just gives you that mental freedom, it's very empowering. It gives you that mental Mm. freedom. If nothing else to go, well, do you know what? I don't need to be here, so I'm only going to put up with so much shit, which, you know, could come across across as a bit rebellious, but definitely something to consider if you want to be in a... If you just kind of want a... Not not necessarily financially free, but it's a similar thing. Mm -hmm. Just that that freedom just to kind of Mm -hmm. be your own man. The only argument I've seen against it is this idea that if you've got three or four things going on at once, then you're not really becoming a specialist. And I think, again, you can kind of look at that two ways. Like, I earn money from the podcast, I earn money from my food business, and I Mm. earn money from my video freelancing. They're all very different, and I like that they're different. But then if you're someone who says, no, but then I'm going to be, my energy is going to go in too many different directions. I'm not going to become a specialist at one thing. Then again, you look into, okay, if you're a great graphic designer, then get 10 graphic designer clients. And then you again, kind of focusing that attention in one way and you have that streams of income Mm. and your clients become that sort of differentiation between them. So what eventually happens anyway is that you, the the certain, the different streams of income are going to be more successful than the others. So then you suddenly know where to focus your expertise and your time and your skills. Like actually this morning i was thinking about it i was like i could because i'm really into my productivity i'm now a pa i I could actually set up a business about digital productivity be a consultant about that all that sort of stuff hire a team of virtual assistants for to hire out to other people Mm -hmm. i could set that business up and i have all the expertise to do that um so you know if that stream of income does well enough then that's something that i could certainly consider in the future and then Mm -hmm. i've become a specialist because i'm now a specialist at digital productivity and all that sort of stuff so it's kind of a a moot point really in many ways Mm -hmm. that that argument i would say personally cool so the next one um is don't show off show up this one's kind of quite related to the whole focus on earnings and i think actually it's more about actually this one is like focus on spending I think mm. a lot of people kind of... Or not spending, as the case may be. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, focus on your... Well, focus on your spending just to see what you are spending and then focus on trying to figure out how you can not spend as much. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of people, you hear a lot, of, a lot of times as well, like you make most of your wealth. Actually, a lot of people who are wealthy are very frugal initially because it's kind of that long-term game. And I think a lot of people do spend a lot of money on stuff they don't really need or dumb stuff. And I'm, uh-huh. I'm all for buying things that buy, bring you happiness, like... I'd rather spend on my gym membership. I'd rather spend on good quality food. I'd rather spend on going out for meals with my friends Mm. because that brings a lot of joy to my life. But 
maybe I don't need the latest gadgets, Wayne. Sorry, there's <laughs> definitely advice. But, but again, but if that brings you joy and that's the one vice that you have, and maybe you don't go out every weekend drinking, and that's where you save, that's okay. I think mm. it's just looking at those drains on your income that actually are probably not as, I mean, good for your life in the long run. Yeah. And also be aware of the things that bring you joy because you don't want to live like on beans and toes for your life. It's kind of just saying, okay, where can I save money? And I know Wayne's Wayne's like, I'm living off beans and toast for the next month just so I can get the new iPhone or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, when a new Apple event comes up, beans and toast becomes a staple of my diet. (laughs) For the next six months. (laughs) By which point the next Apple event starts. Basically, my diet is just beans and toast. Fine, like a (laughs) birthday. (laughs) <laughs> no it's true but but yeah i think it's just looking at that being kind of laser focused on on your income and mm-hmm. your outgoings and seeing where you can make those tweaks yeah and i think that's and not just spending on just like buying a big item is it is it, is it ego driven purchasing mm-hmm. are you buying to please other people and then look at the things so you you get to a point where you're buying stuff because it brings you joy not because externally it brings you credibility absolutely and it goes back to that thing that we always talk about we always talk about another cornerstone of kind of our philosophy on things is the minimal viable living. Mm. Like if, if there's really one way that you can get control of your spending, we've got did a whole episode on this ages ago. Um, but if you really want to get control of your spending, look at your outgoings every month, work out what you have to spend. Like you have no choice in the matter in order to survive. This is what you have to spend. That's your minimal viable living then you know how much you have to make each month and then the rest of it you're like okay well then that's luxury then on top mm-hmm. of that and then on then then you can work out where you're overspending and it becomes so easy to keep on top of your expenses i need to do this again actually because i've i think the last few months do, i've like, got a, a little bit crazy i'm the same i'm totally the same where you kind of when you start making these little bits of money or a lot more than you expected, you kind of have to reassess because like if I went back to my minimal viable living where I knew it was really low and I lived that way, I'd probably save a whole load more money mm-hmm. this month. But it's kind of, you get mm-hmm. you, it's again now, is it Moore's law or what's the one where you kind of just start spending every time you make more money, you end up up in your level of spending yeah. as well. So yeah, well that's kind of, I, that's why I've got to go back to it because my income has increased significantly since the last time I did it, but my outgoings haven't, my, my necessary outgoings haven't. So I've got to like reassess. Are you, are you telling me where you're going? now eating organic beans on granary bread? <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I think we're ready for a, uh, Sorry, that's really tickled me. I was not expecting that. Well played, sir. Well played. I think we need a break. (laughs) Yes, let's go for a quick break. So we're going to give a massive thank you to the University of Northampton, who are continuing to support the show after a very long time of supporting the show. We cannot express how much we appreciate i was thinking the other day actually on the tube i was like had it not been for the sponsorship that they give us for the podcast this do you think we'd still be podcasting now probably not yeah I kind which of is worrying as well it is a little bit worrying podcasting does take up a lot of our time it's a lot of effort it's a lot of energy but i think when you've kind of as well i think you take it more seriously when you're making money which is a struggle as well for people starting out doing stuff you're like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel real until you make some money from it but Again, I think the support from the uni has been great. So It's been amazing. Um, so if you don't know much about the University of Northampton, obviously they're in Northampton. 
that's a good start. <laughs> well named, guys. Well named. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, they, they've kind of, they've so they've got they're a change maker campus, uh, which was awarded to them by an organisation called Ashoka U. Um, and basically, what that means is that they're investing directly in having a social impact on the greater society, particularly the local society as well, but the greater society. Um, and so that's ingrained into all of the university's lifestyle, the courses and things like that. So when you're going there, you're not just going there to get a degree. You're also going there to actively make a social impact. They're encouraging in terms of setting up businesses, if that's what you want to do, setting up uh, community projects, etc., etc. So if that sounds like you're kind of the place you want to be, uh, check them out. Northampton.ac.uk. And a huge thank you to them for supporting the show. Lovely. You're getting good at that, Wayne. You know, it's just. You I know, mean, are they sending you scripts each week or something? Uh, I'm an actor, mate. There you go. Three years, three years training. Really? Yeah. You'd never know. And six years in the industry. Just Would saying. you believe it? Wayne training in- at the University of Northampton. Should I point? I should point out as well. WayneIngram.co.uk for any uh, yeah. inquiries. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. Or spam, or just abuse. <laughs> His email's on there as well. Thanks, Jim. We're just going to set up an account just to abuse you. <laughs> like this twat keeps writing. I'm on all my blog posts. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> so you're on point today. Thank you. I've had my coffee. Bant- I was pre- levels, I was, level. I was pre-caffeinating on the way here. Pre-caffeinating. I like that. Pre-caffeinating. Have you said that before? I've uh, I basically stole it off an Instagram post. Oh, well, you know, great artists. Great artists steal. Are you going to call me a great ass? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well. a bit personal <laughs> anyway anyway um so, so we've got three four. more points point number four mm. this is an important one this might even have to go first you Usually. probably should have gone first actually Shocking. but there we go uh change your mindset about money this is the one because this is i think really important for millennials as well because we're like oh we want to do good we want to be mm-hmm. conscious people making money is a bad thing etc etc i think a lot of the time people associate money with like it's it's hard to make it's um people who who do have a lot of it they're usually assholes and they're this Mm. and that and it's kind of like well i only need to earn enough just to survive and fuck money and that kind of mentality and we've i think we've spoke about this before um i've got several books that i could refer to but i've actually totally forgot all the titles of them because i read them about four years ago great one jim but i'll probably remember for the uh references (laughs) so check those out um (laughs) But yeah, it's this idea that a lot of people see money as a very negative thing. Maybe yeah. you've got history of growing yeah. up in a family where you've always been told, turn off the lights, you're wasting money, money doesn't grow on trees. It's that idea that our actual, um, our upbringing especially has a massive part to play with um, how you think about money. I know yeah. myself, I'm from a working class background, yourself. Me too. So we're both from a working class background and that's something that you hear a lot in the family, in the home is kind of, look, money doesn't grow on trees it's it's like money's like it's seen as a bad thing it's, it causes arguments in families it's um sometimes as well you could unconsciously have these sort of deep feelings about money where if you do start to earn a lot of money you just lose it as quick as possible because you don't know how to control it it controls you mm. and there's a lot of psychology behind it it's not just on this sort of like um i don't know that top level it's actually deeper connected and i read a lot into this because i had that mentality before where i was totally against like why would you want to earn more money it's a bad thing look yeah. at the best people with their money and this and that and you do need to get out of your system as mm-hmm. like Gary Vee says it is a bit of poison sometimes if you're thinking really if you if you don't want to make sales because you think like you, you might want to have a business but then at the same time your insides think that money's bad then you can't yeah. make sales because of that it's really like 
yeah in there no it becomes um self-sabotaging in many ways if you yeah. if you have a negative even unconsciously self-sabotaging yeah. a lot of the time yeah i think if you do have that negative relationship with money particularly this thing and it's one thing that i, I just i really struggle to understand now um now that my relationship with money has changed is is this idea when people are railing on wealthy people and assuming that because they're wealthy they're bad and it's like well that's not necessarily true and actually by having wealth it gives you more ability to do more good in Mm -hmm. many ways Mm -hmm. it's then whether or not you choose to do any good with it that's that's then the that's when the moral compass comes in but but i just think definitely get out of that that mindset where you're thinking about wealth as correlating to Arsehole-ness. Yeah, I just—it's just not a healthy mindset at all, at all. Mm-hmm. And also, one of the key things that I changed in my mindset about money was almost that money doesn't grow on trees, mm-hmm. kind of thing. I didn't necessarily go, well, money does grow on trees, um, <laughs> <laughs> even though I was thinking as you were saying that, I was like, it kind of does actually. Paper and all that jazz. Well, well, yeah, there's that, and also, you know, if you're in the cider business, you need the apples. You can't make the cider without the apples. Ooh, the apples yeah. grow on the trees. Clever one he is, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, so money <laughs> does grow on But anyway... For some people. <laughs> but I always... I, I might change my mindset of kind of like... Because when I first moved to London, I, I was living off of £700 a month. I still, to this day, now cannot even think about how I managed to do that. But I did. <laughs> got do we got um, do. And... Um, I was always thinking, well, I can't spend that there because, you know, I need mm-hmm. to keep hold of as much of the money as I can. And actually, when I changed my mindset to, it's all right, worry about it later, mm-hmm. that's when actually more wealth came my way, when it was being less frugal and actually being mm-hmm. like, let's just enjoy the money that I've got. Yeah, I think it does as well. Like when you get to that mi- that mind where you're kind of holding on to your money so tightly, not willing, I think then you kind of restrict what you're what you're likely to do. Especially if you're looking to start a business, and then you know you've got to put some money up front, and then you you kind of kill yourself because you're in that sort of uh, scarcity mindset again yeah. around it. So yeah, all right. Um, which I think moves in quite yeah, nicely actually to that, our actually. next point, which is invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think um, for this one especially that whole when we're saying about being a scarcity mindset, usually when you are restricted in how much money you've got, a lot of the time you do not want to be spending on stuff that seems luxurious, Mm -hmm. such as, oh, I'm not going to buy books or I'm not going to go to courses Mm -hmm. or I'm not going to... All these sort of things actually can help you increase your earnings. Mm -hmm. You kind of stop doing or you just say, actually, no, I haven't got the money at the moment, but when I do have the money, I'll do that course and bits and pieces like that. It's kind of like, what's that that phrase of like something in i don't know to spite yourself you're kind of just cutting your nose off to spite your face that is what i was looking for yeah it's that it's kind of working the wrong way around it's yeah. kind of not it's false seeing economy the, yeah it, that's how yeah explain that wayne so uh false economy being that you're either well usually the the best example is when that you're basically you're spending less money on something in the hopes that it's going to save you money which in turn is going to make you financially better off whereas actually you got to speculate to accumulate and all that jazz which is Mm -hmm. if you spend the money you increase your value or if it's your business you know Mm -hmm. like for example your business you could decide that actually to increase your profit margin you might buy 
worse quality ingredients, which is going to increase your profit margin. But it's also it's a false economy because your product's going to be worse, which means less people mm-hmm. are going to be wanting to buy it. Which means, and also you can't you could charge as much, but the the value is less justified. Mm-hmm. Which means that actually ultimately you're going to earn less, even though your profit margins are up. But then if you just kept the high quality, because more people are going to buy it, so you're actually going to make more money by increasing the quality as an example. Of there you go. And a good example for someone listening is if you've got a job role and then you know that if you had a certain software skill set and you knew that actually I could pay a couple hundred quid and do that course over the next three weekends and then I can go to my boss and say, look, I learned this thing which we know we need and we're outsourcing it to that graphic design agency and maybe I can do it in-house because I've gone and learned that, then suddenly you've increased your earnings because you've upskilled yourself to then earn more later on rather mm-hmm. than just sitting in your seat and being like, actually, I think that agency is going to take my job eventually because they're, I'm right. basically doing less and less. Right. Cool. That was a good explanation for that. Yeah, I think we did all right there. But yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's been one of the biggest game changers, particularly in the last 12 months because I've really, since my income's increased, I've had more to, to speculate with um, and I've invested more and it's made a huge difference. I've got a bit of a queue now on my... A queue of things I want to invest in. Mm-hmm. Every payday, I just kind of go, okay, which one am I gonna? I'll do that one, do that one, and it's it makes the world a difference because also you don't have like buyer's remorse either. Mm-hmm. You're not there going, oh, I wish I hadn't spent the money on this. You because you're going, well, do you know what? I'm going to get that back mm-hmm. anyway. And as well, I think like there's no excuses nowadays. Like you can buy a book on Amazon for like 99p, and that book mm-hmm. is a self development. Listening to this podcast is a free form of self development mm-hmm. as well. So there is always those opportunities. Like investing yourself doesn't always have to cost money. I mean, I think I've got a blog post on our website, so on Powerful Nonsense somewhere about like 10 free or books that are worth like 99p books or something like that, where if you read those 10 books, you would do a lot of self-development. Mm. So it's out there. It might even just mean going to a few free talks and stuff like that. It's just actively and um, proactively put in time and effort into yourself and your own growth. Definitely. Boom. Cool. So we got one more. Last one. Uh, which is to think bigger. Mm-hmm. I love this one. I actually really like this one. I feel like it's it's interesting. So when I was out drinking last night, uh, <laughs> think bigger. Go for a go for six pints. No, so so the <laughs> couple of guys and we were doing that whole. Uh, would you do this for X amount of money? Yeah, and you're playing that game of trying to see how low they can. What's your cost, Wayne? What's your cost? And, well, I'm not cheap, apparently. Uh, Some of the stuff that I won't go into, the revolting things they were suggesting, but it was a revolting thing that you would never want to do. But it's like, how much would you do? What's your price to have to do that kind of thing? And, yeah, I realised I'm not cheap, but it wasn't necessarily because... (laughs) We might have that one person out there that says, Wayne, I've got a price for you. We take it. Next week, Wayne's like, Jim, I bought my own place. You can come over and do the podcast at the moment. What, but what did you have to do, Wayne? What did you have to hey, do? Sorry, don't tell me. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Why are you walking the like that? The money I got for doing it is paying for the therapy. Why right? are you walking like that, Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Anyway. But, but yeah, and, and the kind of the realisation I had was that my perspective on what is... <laughs> Sorry, just <laughs> carry it. <laughs> my my perspective on on what I consider a significant sum of money now has drastically changed over the last few years, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm kind of like, well, no, a million's not 
I mean, I'm going to say like I'm fucking balling, but like, I'm like, well, a million's not really all that, all that much when you really break it down now. Yeah. Like a million really, okay, yeah, it, it will change your life for sure, but it's not like going to be, it's not, you're not going to be go, staying at five star hotels for the rest of your mm-hmm. life with and a million. Like, it's not that big of a game changer. Yeah, and I think as well, this whole thing bigger is kind of like consciously like who you're around, like all you'll find that not poor but people obviously aren't earning too much money will kind of hang around people that are also on a similar income mm. i think that's like a normal correlation they say that if you look at a group of fat like friends you'll see mm. that they're all fat together it's this idea of who you're around you become and i think again as we've learned like we've got to speak to some amazing people in this podcast and me seeing what they earn and how they earn it or just yeah. reading up on books of yeah. again being with those books those cheap books you read you kind of start to see wow that person earned that much doing this I think you have to kind of like blow your own perceptions of what you think is possible mm-hmm. and I think then it sets a new kind of level of way how you look at money so like you say you you hear about these entrepreneurs making millions of pounds a month or something like that not saying that was, or everyone does that but again if that's possible and someone's breaking down how they did it and to you you think well actually that it does seem possible then again you're more likely to go ahead and like take action make that happen and maybe you're on two grand a month but you say well actually i could probably get that to five well actually why not think well i can get that to ten right and then you might get to five quicker and it's not a again i think that's again that whole psychological shift as well Mm. it's kind of making that yeah in your head that it's possible and actually having an active plan you can't just say well i want to it's not that whole wishful thinking yeah yeah it's not the secret it is just seeing that somebody has done it in a particular way and you've seen their plan and how they've done it and they're putting the work and then you think wow that is realistic because i see how they've done it yeah and a lot of these things like a lot of the figures that that people realistically put themselves for are really attainable like when people are like oh you know i want to earn 50 grand a year i'm like yeah but you break that down Mm -hmm. like there's 50 there's 52 weeks in a year mm-hmm. so you got two weeks off and you earn mm-hmm. a grand a week like so what's that mm-hmm. like 150 a day yeah 200 days 200 that, a you day? have the weekends off as well yeah so. like that's really not that unattainable when you break it down that way uh-huh. and and that was a big game change for me when i was like oh, how much would i like to earn and i broke it down that way i was like actually like sure mm-hmm. it's a way off where i'm actually earning now but it's not that f- far off. Like it's certainly not. It's certainly achievable in my lifetime, and then some. Particularly when you combine all of these things that we've been talking about, like having multiple streams of income. Okay, yeah, sure, you might have a day job still, but what have you got that's sitting on eBay that's selling or whatever, mm-hmm. and that you're flipping and whatever? And whilst you're at the day job, you're making money anyway, and quickly it becomes very easy to earn 200 quid a day. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I think like people should sit down and say, where would I like to be? And then break it down in that particular way. And then it's kind of like, well, actually, so if I do want to make 100K, I need to do 500 pound a day or 300 pound a day or 400, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then again, you think, well, okay, what, who's earning that money and what do they have to do in the kind of field that I'm currently in? And you'll start to see, okay, and it just sets out that plan again. It makes it realistic. It's not mm-hmm. just a number you pull out, pulled out of thin air. You've actually got a plan of yeah. what needs to be done. Yeah. And suddenly, so, you know, you find yourself freelancing and you're actually delivering a service of value, huge value. Often 200 quid day rate is really not. That's, yeah, that's small for that's like a for consultant big, yeah. or a day rate person. Or, for, for big organizations, 200 quid a day, if you're working for them as a freelancer, that's well, not actually, a lot of like money. My girlfriend's sister, she's now like trained accountant auditor. And I just found out that her company, her hour rate as a for a company is five hundred pound an hour for her services. Crazy. 
and her company gets paid £500 an hour when she does work for them. Crazy. So again, if that doesn't blow your mind, and I know this girl is obviously very intelligent, done a lot of training, but at the same time, it's possible. Some mm. business is earning £500 an hour, an hour. for her that's time. That's not a day, that's an hour. An hour, So, and she does like an eight-hour day. So maths was not my strong point. But so you she's making four you're... grand a day for that company. Right. I mean, it is one of the biggest... Uh, like sure. uh, finance companies that everybody would know. Sure. But I was still like, holy crap. But in three days, you're earning more than 10 grand. Mm-hmm. That company is definitely. And you want to, let's say you want to earn 50 grand a, a year. And that's one of her, that's one of their third year graduates. You'd Not only even. actually have to work five, five, yeah. three day weeks to mm. earn 50 grand. Mental. Her. But Not. companies are paying for it. And obviously it's this, it's this mm-hmm. uh, thing they need. It's a service they mm-hmm. need. So, so if you can provide the value, easy, mm-hmm. easy. Cool. Oh, that felt quite good. That was nice. That felt quite inspiring. There you go. <sighs> 50 grand would be nice. Yeah. You're going to break it down, Wayne. Yeah, I'm, gonna, gonna do I'm, the, I'm uh, going for it. I'm going for it. Go minimal viable living, yeah. break it all down. Up yeah. Here. I'm going to get rid of that granary bread, yeah. get rid of those organic beans. I'm going as the smart price yeah. beans. If it's not white and green. Unlike unbranded white bread. <laughs> <laughs> but like Wayne are you putting on Wayne I'm a bit worried about your health right now <laughs> like don't worry I'm earning 50k now yeah but you can't walk <laughs> or, or, or did that guy pay you that million man <laughs> anyway uh, let's wrap this up yes let's um, so yeah thanks very much for, for listening guys um, thank you if you found this episode useful do us a massive favor. Share it with someone that you think might find it useful as well. Mm-hmm. Word of mouth is just like the best thing that you can do for us, frankly. And, um, you know, we're doing this. You're not having to pay for this, guys. So just you've invested in yourself. Throw us a freaking bone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, also, if you haven't hit subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, I'm not mm-hmm. lips in this time. I got it cool. right. iTunes or Stitcher. Please hit that subscribe button and leave us a nice little review because that really helps spread the word. Is the Stitcher the Android one? Is that what people listen well, to on yeah, Android? Yeah, Stitch, well, Stitcher's the, the universal one, but if, okay. if you're on Android, probably Stitcher is probably your main one, yeah. Cool. But, All right, that's us. Yes. So um, thanks very much for listening and we shall catch you next time. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>